The moral condition of America, as with any nation in any age, is a reflection of the spiritual condition of the church inside that society. There are demons, and they have the power to blind your mind towards spiritual things. In the name of Jesus, you get back up there where you belong. They got together and swore a pact to the devil. I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke. I have sinned against you, my Lord. And we're so thankful that God has forgiven us. Hey, guys. Did you miss us? We're back. <laughs> oh, that was awful. Yeah, that was really I don't fun. know. I, I kind of panic when I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> hi. So how you been? Hey. Um... You know, how much do we want to get into that today? <laughs> <laughs> We're starting a new spin-off podcast where we go in deep on our own emotional journeys. Mm-hmm. We're of unpacking life and living. baggage. We're unpacking trauma. <laughs> it's like therapy, but no professionals are present. Except you're almost a professional. Yeah, that's true. I am on break right now, which feels very great. And also, I was immediately like, let's fill up my time. Let's mm-hmm. start doing this again. And I have no <laughs> holiday spirit. So I was like, this is the perfect time to start talking about Christianity. I, too, have no holiday spirit. Speaking of Christmas and Christ, mm-hmm. here's a little funny story, I guess. Um, so speaking of my theology degree, I got a private loan through my university, which at the time felt like a very easy thing to say yes to. Mm -hmm. Um, And in retrospect, I regret deeply. But that's besides the point. (laughs) Anyway, I've had to start like repaying these loans back. Thanks, Biden. Um, Well, it's not even Joe Biden. It's (laughs) North Park's insanity um, of not knowing who is in charge of this. It's a long story. But anyway, I've been coordinating with this woman named Pam. And she was like, are you okay if we start payments this month or do we need to wait until the end of January? And I replied and I was like, can we just wait till the end of January? I don't Mm -hmm. need to pay more things this month. And she goes, of course, may your Christmas be filled with Christ. Which is a really weird way to wish me a happy holiday season. Even in my most churchy, no one has ever said that phrase to me, and that is not a phrase people say. The only time I would think about Christ filling any sort of thing is when people say, like, he was Christ filled, which is still uncomfortable. It's like a fruit gusher. Fruit gusher filled. Yeah. Fruit flavored. It was one of it was like one of those moments where people too heavily emphasize mm-hmm. the word Christ that is present in Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't I didn't need that. And I don't know about you, but I have no holiday spirit. Zilch. We just put the ornaments on our tree and it we are mm-hmm. recording this on December the 14th. You know, 10 days before <laughs> Christmas Eve. I haven't watched a single Christmas movie. And I love the holiday. Yeah. I started watching a a Hallmark one, and I was like, I can't even. I can't even do Mm -hmm. this. But I'm a Grinch. This has been a shit year. I'm ready for a new year. I'll talk about it more on another podcast, because we have a lot to dive into. Not on another podcast isn't, like, not our podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that was a joke earlier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 no. (laughs) Sorry. We're going to talk about some 
uh, well, I guess really topical conflict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think this situation in the world that is happening is part of the reason why I don't feel filled with like any sort of Christ or holiday joy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, I mean, halfway across the world right now, there is a genocide of Palestinian people happening. Um, And today's episode, we are sort of talking about that. And I want to start at the top of the show like, Ellen and I are two white women from the Midwest. We like to make this silly little podcast for for fun. Mm-hmm. But we also want to speak into relevant topics that are happening. And so today's episode, we're going to dive into Christian Zionism, which has a part to play in what is going on in the Middle East right now. But we're not really going to speak too deeply into that current conflict um yes in terms of specifics like we're gonna do the yeah. snowflake ballet from the nutcracker around the big elephant in the room but acknowledging that you know what we talk about on this podcast does pertain to some of the conflict over there and that there is a tie and that is our area of focus right our our niche is evangelical christianity american christianity and that has a lot to do with what's going on, and some people aren't aware of that. And so there are several other amazing, great resources if you need to dive into Palestinian Christians, Israel, and all of that. This is not the podcast for that. We're not academics. We are fun, silly. <laughs> We're here to girlies who want to provide some good information for you. <laughs> yeah. We have a, a set opinion on most things when we start right. these episodes. And oftentimes, if, if this is your first episode of listening to us, welcome. It is a trip. Uh, this is probably a, an odd choice for you to begin with because it is mm-hmm. um, not going to be probably like our usual content. But anyways, welcome. We're happy to have we you. We will prevail. <laughs> I will find a way to dunk on somebody. Oh, there's plenty to dunk on. For sure. Should we uh, jump in? Should we start dunking? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. So like I said, we are talking about Christian Zionism. And I think where I want to start in terms of like why this is so relevant for what is happening in Israel-Palestine kind of starts with understanding how evangelicals tie into Israel specifically. Um, and so I was kind of like doing my own sort of like research and I was trying to think of a way to tie into what we try to do on normal episodes where we bring in net worth. And so I found some numbers that I thought would be a good place to start. Was it from celebritynetworth.com? <laughs> in fact, it was. It actually was. No, no it, it was not. <laughs> it was from, I tried to find like reputable no, sources. Yeah. Um, so. According to a November 4th article by Axios, um, President Biden has requested at least $14.3 billion in additional assistance to Israel. The Congressional Research Service reports that Israel is the largest recipient of U.S. foreign aid and to this date has provided $158 billion in bilateral assistance and missile defense funding. And so having that number in mind with like no special judgments, but thinking about like how much 
the U.S. supports Israel. There are also, in addition to that, specific Christian-led organizations that continually provide funding to Israel. A 2018 um, Heretz, I'm not sure, I've never heard of this place before, investigation reveals that $65 million in projects have been sent to Israel in addition to free volunteer services. And these are organizations like the Joshua Fund, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, and the biggest one that we are going to talk about tonight, which is Christians United for Israel. Haaretz, right? H is it H A A? Yeah, R. That's an yeah, yeah, Israeli yeah. newspaper. Yeah. Okay. So, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just so we're going to start talking about Christian Zionism, as you said, um, Christians United for Israel, and someone who's been in the news recently, particularly in November for the March for Israel, uh, a little televangelist known as John. Peggy. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to tackle today. And I, I, before we really jump in, did you find a little fun, dumb fact to share with me at the end? I did. And I was going to just kind of see how appropriate it was to drop. Oh, no, I absolutely, we need to do that. Because for those that are new to the, the pod, Maddie and I like to do this little thing at the end. It's like a little treat. It's like a little reward. A little bonus. Yeah, yeah. We share a fun, dumb fact about the people that we've talked about. Something weird we stumbled upon in our quick research. And while this topic is heavy, I do think we need some lightness at the end. So I just wanted to make sure that you also provided one. Oh, I'm prepared. Let's go. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. So just to start, big picture, what is Christian Zionism? And like the Webster's definition is essentially Christians that support Zionism, which is this idea of um, Jewish people having their own like nation state. But I think Christian Zionism is best understood through two lenses that I've made up. Um, And the first one is kind of the theological perspective of dispensationalism, which I think I've talked about before, but I have like a much more fleshed out definition of dispensationalism. We've definitely talked about it. I couldn't tell you which episode, but let's hear it. (laughs) Okay. So it's a literal interpretation of Old Testament prophecies involving ethnic slash national Israel. And there are seven dispensations that the world will encounter and the the biggest part of it is that there is a pre-tribunal rapture of the church in which Christians are snatched into heaven and then there is a seven year uh tribulation period so the left behind series uh, yes, yes yes that is a perfect <laughs> example of dispensationalism okay um and there are like a couple of I guess, like, Bible verses that are important to note. I do have, like, more notes, but I'm like, unless you have questions, I don't need to dive into it. I I mean, I I didn't dive into it because I was like, Maddie probably will. But I just, like, broad strokes. It was basically, yeah. like, Christian Zionists are like, hey, we want 
Jewish people to go back to their ancestral homeland that was the covenant between God and Abraham, which in this mm-hmm. case would be Israel. Right. And so like this idea of um, the end of the world happening is like linked to a couple of New Testament verses and then a few Old Testament the biggest one that is most often referenced by these organ these Christian organizations that I mentioned earlier is Genesis 12, 1 through 3, which in a nutshell is God will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse Israel. Yeah. <laughs> if we were to take everything from Genesis to heart, though, that would be mm-hmm. um, a spicy times that we would be living in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a poor theological reading, and I think, like, any – I would say, like, I was trying to think of how this relates to my own life, like, growing up as an evangelical person and, like, this being my world. I don't ever remember having that experience of, like, what John Hagee has done several times, which is the world is going to end this year at this time because of all these things. Mm-hmm. But there was kind of this sense of like, oh, well, you know, this might be the end. You know, I feel like we're like all it, sort of <laughs> we kind of got that that a little bit of that feeling during Y2K, which I know there's going to be mm-hmm. an HBO documentary about that and how like people were concerned that what are the clocks going to do? There's uh, how are computers going to handle this? So there was like that I feeling mean, of end times, but it wasn't like this is when Christ is coming. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there was like some of that with like the year 2012 when like Obama was like freshly nominated and it was like, is he the abomination that's like bringing like hellfire? Is he the Antichrist? There were some people that believe that. I mean, yeah, there's groups every year like this is it. <laughs> we're preparing. Right. <laughs> Um, and like, there's this other idea, especially in the Old Testament, um, when looking at different like, um, geographical places like Israel and how other countries factor into it, other nations were often used to like punish the Jews in like the Old Testament. Like God often used like other people to like bring the punishment of like the misbehaving of whomever in the bible and so often that's like brought in as like see because russia is funding iran blah 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 that's that's not true but so all that shit gets like stirred up into like this perspective of like nope end days are on their way gotcha so if it's things happening in political or uh like war times anytime there's conflict that involves this particular region that's when people start I don't want to say blowing whistles. That, that I don't mean it as like a dog whistle because that has all those other. They like start sounding the alarm. Yeah, they, I mean, thank you. They're ringing um, an alarm about things. Jim Baker did that. D- does that on his like newest iteration of being Jim Baker is like <laughs> the clock is mm-hmm. a quarter to end time. So buy my little food thing so you can survive the rapture or whatever. Which Christmas is upon us, folks. And if you'd like to gift Maddie and I one of the Jim Baker buckets, we would be eternally grateful. Ugh, but, but see if you can buy it from like eBay or something because yeah, I would love to not support him directly. Yeah. But someone reselling that on eBay, does that mean they tried it and they were like, this isn't for me? Too salty. <laughs> 
doesn't taste like food. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sidetrack. No, you're fine. No. So like there are, I would say it is likely that there are a subgroup of Christian Zionists that truly believe this reading or are like taught this reading and genuinely believe it in their hearts. And like, that's a tough place to be. And I have a lot of sympathy for that because it is easy, especially in a world where things are kind of awful to be like, God, I hope this is over soon. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about that at work sometimes. We're like, man, I wish I was kind of dead sometimes. Oh, yeah. No, I don't mean it in like a, I want to leave this earth. But, mm-hmm. you know, if the sun explodes, it's been a good one. <laughs> I read that Elon Musk was trying to come up with a way to project like advertisements just into the sky with the clouds. And I... I read that headline at work and I turned to my coworkers coworkers and I go, I don't want to be on this planet anymore. That's the right response to that story. <laughs> yeah, because that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> so what prompted the interest in covering this topic? Obviously, it's very timely. We haven't talked about this yet. And I was sent an article talking about Christian Zionism and they're like, hey, would you mind talking about this on the pod? And I was like, sure, we're always open to ideas. And that's a plug. So if you guys have certain people that you want us to talk about, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. But anyways, it is a Christianity Today article titled The Little Known History of Evangelicals Changing Israel Views. It's written by a guy named Dr. Daniel G. Hummel. And he's kind of like I want to say sort of an expert on Christian Zionism and the evangelical Christian relationship with Israel. He's written books. He's interviewed a lot, especially recently. And he is over at the University of uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Oh, yes. Actually, I did. I listened to an interview with him. Yeah. He seems really cool. Yeah, he seems very nice. I kind of want to read his books. Ha- yeah, he was talking about his book. He's like, you, it's really academic. I wouldn't, you don't buy that for people. <laughs> That's good self-awareness. It, but I was like, I'm interested. Yeah. Anyways, he gave kind of, um in this article, he gives a rundown of sort of the history of how white Christian evangelicals from the United States even had interest. So obviously after the formation of Israel, after World War II, And after ongoing conflict. So he writes in his article that in 1973, a relatively small circle of leaders commanded most of the institutional and media influence when it came to speaking for evangelicals on the Middle East. Some of those folks are people that we've talked about, like Christianity Today founder Billy Graham, season one. Mm -hmm. Um, He was sort of the mouthpiece for white evangelical Christianity in the United States in the 70s. And he played a rather crucial behind-the-scenes role um, encouraging President Nixon to give aid to Israel. So since the 70s, white Christianity or white Christian evangelicalism has had an interest in what was going on in Israel. And um, after 1973, there was, as you mentioned, a number of Christian Zionist organizations that were created and sort of eclipsed those evangelical figures that had influence. And they were soon displaced by a new crop of fundamentalist and Pentecostal-run organizations. So the alignments that the early white evangelical Christian leaders had with folks in Israel, their relationships with more um, left-leaning politicians and left-leaning ideals of that time. 
Mm-hmm. Once the Pentecostal-run organizations and fundamentalist folks came in, they tended to align more with more right-wing politicians like we currently see with Netanyahu. So initially, it was one thing, and it has since sort of shifted in another direction, sort of like what we have seen in the United States, where white Christian evangelicals have cozied up to the likes of like Donald Trump, McCain, which we'll get into, mm-hmm. <laughs> etc. Yeah. Trump and his like little posse circle, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I only read just a little bit about Christian Zionism history in the United States, especially in the 20th century, because I knew there would be a lot here. But I was interested to see that um, when it when Israel was initially established, a lot of like liberal Christians were into it, like people into the social gospel. So like very into like equality. And part of my assumption for that reason is a lot of like white guilt post-World War II. Um, But like I was reading that and like thinking about like, you know, this idea of like people very earnestly being like, yes, Jews Mm -hmm. should have their own state. And I'm like, a, a large part of that was because the United States actually like doesn't care about Jewish people. And I think it's really important to iterate that many of these organizations that are pro-Israel don't care about Jewish people. During World War II, even before, the United States did not let people from Europe into this country. Between 1933 and 1945, we let in 125,000 immigrants into the country, which is an abysmal amount considering how many people were seeking safety for this from Europe and from the rise of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, no, there is no care for like people and their like actual like challenges, even though that is often an argument that people come back to within this this realm of like, no, 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 we we do care because like it was so bad then. But it was like, we didn't care at that time. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you watch this um, show on Netflix called Transatlantic. Mm-mm. Okay. I would recommend. It is a dramatized story of early United States involvement in World War II, but it is essentially about this heiress from the United States, I do think it's based on a true story. An heiress from the United States that used her own money to help get Jewish people out of Europe and into America because America wasn't doing enough or really mm-hmm. anything. So that is based in history. That is fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that number I pulled was from the American Holocaust Museum. Like... <laughs> Not some sort of, you know, snowflake liberal, like, rewriting history. It's like my other, like, perspective of Christian Zionism in the United States, especially presently, it just has to do with the motivation of racism, money, and power. There are several people in Palestine who identify as Christians. Um, One thing I'll really credit North Park for is that it brought a lot of awareness for me the amount of people who are Palestinian who are practicing Christians. And it's often demonstrated by these organizations that they, that places here that support Israel very fervently do not provide any sort of support for Christians in Palestine. I would say it's rich because the person that we're going to talk about 
is very pro-Israel, but has also had claims against him that he's anti-Semitic. Yeah. Based on things that he has said. <laughs> he's sort of like anti-people and very pro-money. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, another thing written by the same guy that I mentioned earlier, but for New Lines magazine in an article titled Israel's Current Crisis Exposes Christian Zionism's Contradictory Ideals. Wow, how topical. This is from July 2023, so this is from the summer. He mentioned that Christian Zionist leaders included famous figures of the Christian right like Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson. So, Mm -hmm. two people that we've talked about, former leaders of the moral majority in the Christian coalition. So, it's not... It's not about the things that it should be about. It's not about about people. Not about care. No. Because there's nothing wrong with being a Christian organization and wanting to support Jewish people. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Interfaith dialogue is important and helpful and great. But that is not what these organizations are about. Um, The last thing I'll say about the topic of Christian Zionism is um, essentially, even within these organizations, they continue to not care about Jewish people because the whole point of Christian Zionism is that by creating the state of Israel, they are able to trigger the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus. And so by doing that, that would kill some portion of Jewish people and convert the rest of them um, into believing that Jesus is the Messiah. So they're playing a long game of like, we support yeah. it so that people will go back there so that our Lord and Savior, right. our Christ child, can come back and they can be like, oh, you guys were right. Right. It's not, it's it's mm-hmm. for themselves still at the end of the day. I What a weird this. concept. It's like we've never talked about that before. Yeah, so crazy. So strange. <laughs> so manipulating people. I watched this documentary called Till Kingdom Come. It came out in 2020. I don't know if you heard about it at all. No. I was like, kind of came out at a rough time. But <laughs> it's, I believe the woman who was making the documentary was Jewish. Okay. Um, and she followed around, um, is it Yael Eckstein of um, one of those Christian or one of the, hold on, let me find the name. The woman who is the leader of the International Fellowship of Christian and Jews. So it follows her, her and her organization, and then this um, poor community church in Kentucky. Um, the pastor even like self-describes it as like, we come from a very poor area that is often ranked lower and lower as worse counties to live in. She goes to visit this church, and it is so prosperity gospel, where she is preaching at the front like, Thank you so much. You know, whatever whatever you bless Israel with, like God will bless you back with this. And these people are like very poor. She sees the poverty and she has the like audacity to go to the church and ask for more money, even though like as stated earlier in this episode, millions and billions of dollars have been funneled to this place already. Um And she continues to sit in the church service and listens to the pastor talk about how Jews will one day finally see that Jesus is the true Messiah and they, some will be destroyed, but others will be able to turn. And 
the interviewer asks her about that. She's like, honestly, I wasn't even listening. And like the disassociation is like so strong when you are able to rake in millions of dollars. So the woman that was featured in the documentary was the one that wasn't listening to the sermon of like... Right, yes. She is Jewish. She's collecting the money. Yes, but she is accepting the money on behalf of Israel and her organization to bring back to the community. Like, I I don't doubt there are people there that need assistance. Yeah. I don't doubt that. But to come to a place and ask for money when earlier in the documentary... There are scenes of her at some sort of expensive gala. Gerard Butler is there. I like made a little note with some question marks. And I was like, do I need to look this up later? Couldn't really find anything. But I was like, this is a dumb rabbit hole. It can't go down. (laughs) There's plenty of those. Huh. So anyway, that's my last bit about Christian Zionism. It's It's not about caring for people at the end of the day. No. Is this a good time to pivot into this, our little starlet? Yes. Oh, here. This is the little um, transition piece that I wrote. Ooh, yay. I'm really thinking through no, this I love one. This. Okay. Christian Zionists are no friends of Jews. In fact, the most vocal leader of the movement has valorized Hitler as someone who has been leading the Jews back to God. And his name is John Hagee. John Hagee is the founder and senior pastor of Cornerstone Church in San Antonio, Texas. He is also the founder of Hagee Ministries, which telecasts his teachings, and the founder and chairman of the Christian Zionist organization, Christians United for Israel. According to CelebrityNetworth.com, <laughs> it comes back... <laughs> He has a net worth maybe around $5 million, but I would take that with a grain of salt mm. um, because this man doesn't give a shit about what he says or does, and I'm sure he has more yeah. money than that. Um, in a May 2008 Newsweek article titled A Turbulent Pastor by Holly Bailey, she basically summarized Hagee as someone who has strong views about the Middle East, He believes the United States has a biblical obligation to support Israel, and he has advocated a preemptive strike on Iran to protect the Jewish state. He opposes a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, suggesting that if Washington backs such a plan, God might punish Americans by dispatching terrorists. Ugh. It's like, of all the things you can choose to believe, why? Why is that your go-to? Well, he also had some terrible things to say after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Was that the one where he said this is a punishment for legalizing gay marriage? Yes. Imagine being so awful John McCain won't take your endorsement. Well, he tried. That's another thing. Hagee has a history of bad takes and regularly uses world events to link his claims of biblical prophecy, as we have talked Mm -hmm. about. 2008, he gained attention for endorsing Republican Senator John McCain. May he rest in peace when McCain ran for president. Uh, That got a lot of criticism from a lot of different groups, including the Catholic League, a Catholic civil rights group, who have described Hagee as an anti-Catholic bigot. Mm -hmm. Go off. He's hated by, like, all sides. He's hated by... The Catholics don't like you either. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, He says that he later said after... um, 
McCain didn't want his endorsement, that he was like a little bit sad or like he sort of regretted his comments about the Catholic Church and that he wanted to walk back previous remarks that he said uh, during Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, until Trump was in office and then he went full throttle. Yeah. Um, He was recently in the news (laughs) uh, because he was at the March for Israel. And so a lot of people were upset rightfully so, that he was Mm -hmm. there because he has said some anti-Semitic things in the past, even though he runs an organization that is, um, well, we can get into it, but I, there's just, there's some funny little, funny little things in their mission statement where I'm like, look at your founder and your chairman. Yeah. He's a, he's a dumb little guy and very difficult to find like background information on him i was like combing through this is another instance where i was like god bless local news 100 percent local news all day yeah but i was like how how does somebody where does this emerge from um but i could not find much he's a fifth generation pastor so i assume like he grew up on the good word here in this shit um and i'm sure he's like very like into his pro-America roots because there's something on his website about how he's the 47th descendant of his family to serve in ministry since they immigrated to America in the mid-1700s. Where'd they come from? I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Imagine it's Germany. (laughs) Too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's also a divorcee. Yes, I want to know. What happened with the first wife? What was the hot goss on that? I don't know. They were married for 15 years, though. That's okay. a long time. Yeah. I couldn't – I, that I like, avoided that rabbit hole because I knew I would be mm-hmm. down there for a while if I pivoted. No, that's good. The one juicy thing I could find about his youth and upbringing was, as a young person, not sure how old. I'm sure you could do some good math. But he was part of a group that organized support for George Wallace's governor campaign through a group called Wallace Youth, according to a Texas Monthly article um, from November of this year. So he's always had political aspirations. So he's always been just a little bit racist. <laughs> yes. But is that surprising? No. When you look him up, you're like, yeah. Exactly what I would expect him to look he's like. He's from Texas? You don't say. I want to say he's in his 80s. He was born up? in 1940, so oh, quick um, math, 6083, right? Wait. Oh, imagine I just did really bad math on the You are on, right. He is on 82 air. years old. Um, his son is also know. a pastor mm-hmm. within his church. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't know how we want to approach John Hagee, how much more we have to say about this shitty guy before we jump into his organization. Let's but jump. His son... <laughs> Um, I think helps run Cornerstone Church and had to issue an apology, I believe, earlier this year or last year mm. about hosting a cons- essentially like a pro-conspiracy theory rally at the church. He had to be like, I'm sorry, I'm just a little baby. I didn't know they were, <laughs> I didn't know Roger Stone was a known conspiracy theorist. Wasn't he in jail for a while and then he got out? Yeah. I don't. When you have money, you can do whatever you want, including walk in and out of jail. 
<sighs> we need to schedule a time for us to collectively scream into a void. Mm-hmm. Today at work, this is an aside, okay. I did get into the office and go, I hate my job. Was anyone there? Yeah, it was the it was the start of the day. Oh. Um, I had my door open. <laughs> oh, no. I just had fully lost it. Fully lost did, it. Was anyone surprised or concerned? No, my coworkers started laughing and they're like, that is the energy I like. That's that's fair. We're all together in this, this sh- shithole just sort of muscling through. So after you graduate, you're not going to stay there? No. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. So we've talked about this jabroni for as much as he deserves. Should we jump into Christians United for Israel? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I feel like my search history is going to return some really wonky results now <laughs> with all the things. I feel flagged based on the YouTube videos I watched. I yeah. did watch a Blood Moons YouTube video and I was like, <sighs> we didn't even talk about the Blood me. Moons. Well, I'm like, we can't. We can't talk about the Blood yeah. Moons. There's too much shit here. Another time. So mm-hmm. as we mentioned, he is the founder. Is he the founder and the CEO? He like the leader. He's the founder and the leader of Christians mm-hmm. United for Israel. Its acronym is KUFI, or at least that's how I'm going to read it. That's how people say it. Okay. It was created, this is in their own words. I'm reading this verbatim from their website. KUFI was created in February 2006 as a grassroots movement designed to unify Christians across all denominational and cultural boundaries in support of Israel. KUFI began with 400 pastors and ministry leaders. Our size, effectiveness, and diversity across generational, racial, cultural, and denominational lines have positioned us as the leading voice for pro-Israel Christians. Over the last 17 years, we have built a reputation for credibility and relevance that enables us to make a difference during crucial moments. When Israel faces a crisis, KUFI members immediately take action and rally support across America, be it in the pulpits across the country, media outlets, our nation's college campuses, or Capitol Hill. Here's the kicker. Drumroll, please. We confront anti-Semitism wherever it can be found. (laughs) Except even in, in our, our own backyard. <laughs> yeah, for real. I I audibly LOL'd when I saw that. Mm-hmm. Rich. Because he made that, that Hitler comment in what? The 90s. The 90s. And they have, mm-hmm. this is the year of our Lord 2023. Yeah. And they still have that on there. Well, I mean, yeah. And the organization was found founded, um, yeah, in 2006. 2005? Oh, you're right. 2006. Oh, you said 2006. I did. I have, in my notes, the organization was founded shortly after his release of a 2005 book called Jerusalem Countdown. Mm. Um, Which I'm guessing in that he's like, Christ is coming back. We got to get all the Jews back to Israel. It's like left behind, but scary. Is it under nonfiction? I don't, I honestly don't know. Probably. Okay. I don't like that. Um, yeah. And he claims to have 8 million members in this organization. I've also seen 10 million. With over 10 million is on their website. That's that's not true. That can't be true. <laughs> I don't know. I I would like to see, are there membership cards? Like, how do we know? Yeah, how are they tracking this? Another thing I thought was funny that I also pulled 
from their website was that they have brought over 600 millennial influencers, including leading pastors, celebrities, professional athletes, and government staffers, to Israel through the Israel Collective. Millennial influencers? Honey, you got to look for Gen Z kids. What do you mean? Yeah. Are these like brand sponsorship trips? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. I don't know. What do you mean? Like you hold it up to the camera with your like palm behind it like, Everyone, this is my new um, Star of David pin. I just got this after donating. Like, what do you mean? What do you uh, mean? But looking at the merch, looking at the merch on Koofy is different from looking at the merch. I'm giving away part of my my fun dumb fact. Your fun dumb fact. But it's different from the merch on the John Hagee website. And the he's the got merch, merch on his website. I'll get into it. But the merch on the Koofy <sighs> website is mostly books. Hmm. Oh, and well, like right. some jewelry. You can get a pin. I got a pop up when I oh, of like the Israeli the flag and the American flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something like I didn't. I didn't, was like, I don't want this. Um, I will say, again, we are down with Jewish people. Yes. We are not anti-Semitic. I would highly recommend checking out the Jewish Voices for Peace website as well for great resources of Jewish people that are standing with is- Palestine. That's it. Just a brief little commercial break in the midst of the trash. Yeah. Our comment about the Star of David was just, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not that, it's not. Yeah. That's how this whole episode has felt. It's just, that's what's on the flag. Yeah. Is this, is this comedy? I don't know. I'm panicking now. (laughs) Okay. Um, So what does Koofy do? I never actually got into that. I just... They're an advocacy group. Okay, so so they bring influencers to Israel. They like give money. They raise money. Politicians Um, to be like. Well, I think their like main focus of financial support um, that I read on the website is that they have spent sixty five million dollars in support of ongoing Israeli settlements. Which, for listeners who maybe don't know what settlements are it's a practice where um people of um it's not just israeli jews it's actually some people from america moving into places that have been designated as part of palestine Uh and just sort of establishing they, they live here now and so it could be viewed as modern day colonization important Read about it. Learn about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But th- that is one place that they have been financially supporting. Um, that's so interesting that that is what they their that's, specific that's their thing is. Yeah, yeah. The right. one of but, the most maybe maybe you would consider it problematic practices. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's great. I don't at all. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not down with stealing the land of people i mean we're two white people living in america thanksgiving for me this year <laughs> i was like i i would be fine with skipping yeah i would be fine with skipping this <laughs> um so they also host um campus initiatives summits marches and standing with israel prayer meetings um 
its calendar for November of this year showed events in like Washington, South Carolina, Utah, Maine, Illinois, Louisiana, California. Um, And some of the rhetoric that I've read on their website is that they feel especially like college campuses are places where they can conduct ministry because Mm. they see the vulnerable adults. I'm sorry, adults, but also like (laughs) there are many college campuses with students who have come out as pro um, supporting folks in Palestine. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think they see that as an opportunity to evangelize their Mm. agenda. Which at the end of the day, it's an evangelist founded organization. So, yeah, this particular organization is just there for your money they're again they do not care about supporting actual people they care about supporting their agenda Mm -hmm. which as we go back is to just reiterate one more time that the jews would return to israel so that the lord and savior can return Mm -hmm. and fulfill a prophecy (laughs) and kill a portion of them yeah, when you say it like that, you know, that totally sounds maybe. crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, did you know in a 2010 Pew poll, it showed that nearly 60% of white evangelical Christians in the United States expected Jesus to return by 2050. That's not surprising to me. I'm honestly yeah. shocked they're thinking that far ahead, though, if we even have a planet at that point. Yeah, I know. That's for real. I was thinking... Um, I bet that number has stayed pretty consistent whenever Pew started taking that poll. (laughs) Yeah. It's all, there's all just like the same iteration, though there are moments where I'm like, no, this is, this is way worse. This is way worse than your 60s psychedelic period. I don't know. They never saw TikTok. You're right. Or just misinformation or people like being shown factual things and just going "Mm, no they're like that's not real yeah yeah okay back to that documentary i watched (laughs) and then maybe i don't know should we wrap it up we could probably go into fun dumb facts because i feel like i'm on the edge of a spiral (laughs) in a good way yeah we're just sort of becomes us going over and over again um well this won't be a very fun thing to end on but uh in the documentary um, the Kentucky pastor was taken to Israel, and in the documentary, by Kufi, speaks, huh? Um, no, it okay. they the in the documentary it was a different organization. It was the um the International Fellowship of Christian and Jews. So okay. I I think he traveled with that organization, but he was speaking with a Palestinian Christian pastor, and the pastor was asking like very fair questions about like. Essentially, why aren't you supporting us, like your brothers and sisters in Christ? Very, like, you know, like, quote unquote, who you're supposed to support. Wait, hold up. The Christian pastor was saying this to a Jewish person? No, no, no. The Kentucky pastor was speaking to the Palestinian Christian pastor in, like, that area. I don't, maybe they weren't in Israel, maybe they're in Palestine. I don't know exactly where, but. The two of them were having a conversation and the Palestinian pastor was like, why aren't you like, why aren't you understanding what we are saying? 
And he didn't really have a good response to the pastor. But in his own personal talking head in the documentary, he says, I didn't want to say this to his face, but there is no such thing as a Palestinian, not according to the Bible. (laughs) The cognitive dissonance there of like being able to be convinced that like somebody's humanity doesn't exist even when they are like in your face telling you is awful and something to to pay attention to and, and like yeah. be worried about which is the whole reason we do this podcast is because i mean i struggle to find like good content that kind of broke some of this down and i don't listen to other podcasts to like steal but like right. sometimes i just want something in a digestible form that gives me you know the big picture information and the big picture is that like evangelicals have been supporting a situation that is currently happening for decades. Yes. And now it comes at a great cost of human life. Yes. So what's your fun dumb fact? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Should we just take a just a moment to you know just one yeah, yeah, one yeah. deep breath? Yeah. That was that was one big <sighs> joke. Yeah, now this is gonna feel really dumb. Uh well it is a fun dumb fact. And maybe it's not uh fun. Okay, so when I do light research for these podcast episodes, uh, I like to use my local library and their research databases. Shout out to the Hennepin County Library. Love libraries. Big, big, big lover of libraries. The best. Um, And I was, you know, just like click clacking away like I usually do. And I was like, oh, here's an article from 2008. What kind of crazy stuff is it going to tell me? This isn't that crazy. I would say this is fairly tame, but I thought it was interesting. So in a 2008 article from Christian Century, they say, Within the evangelical world, Hagee has been criticized for his two-door salvation doctrine. Gentiles come to salvation through Christ, Jews through Moses. Indeed, Hagee frequently sounds like a person who wants Christians to become more like Jews than the other way around. Combining his passion for Israel with prosperity gospel vocabulary, his ministry offers a Jewish prayer shawl for $45, imported directly from Israel. Uh, Hagee claims that such a shawl is designed by God and carries the power to energize your prayer life. No. $45? Hold up. Maddie, I was like, surely he's removed that from his website. No. No. He has not. It is now $49. Oh, inflation. (laughs) Is that... Would you consider that... um, uh, what is the the thing that white people love to do from other steal? Yeah, what is that called though? When it's called cultural appropriation, would you consider oh. that cultural appropriation that he's selling essentially a Jewish prayer shawl? I mean, it's right up his alley, is it not? <laughs> this man needs to be studied. It reminds me of oh, who was it? Um, is, was it Oral Roberts that used to sell like sweat soaked towels or something? Or like you could send away for like a holy scrap of fabric? I don't remember this. I don't remember if that was in an episode we talked about or a John <laughs> Just Oliver a fun, sketch. A fun tidbit you've acquired. <laughs> Just acquired over the time, but mm-hmm. wow. Ugh. You can see it on his website. Sometimes it's like. I'm like, do you want to be Jewish? 
I mean, that's sometimes the energy he's bringing. But then, but I also have to remember he like, it's he's he's anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, no, he just wants people's money. Is the yeah. thing. So they, he wants to bring them closer to Christ. And Christ is his wallet. Yeah. That's what he calls his wallet. Yeah. <laughs> He's been confused this whole time. His checkbook, his wallet, and his credit card are the, the Holy Father, Trinity. Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's What's your um, favorite dumb fact? My dumb fact is a little more brief. Um, in reference to that book that I had mentioned earlier that sort of inspired Kufi's founding, Jerusalem Countdown, where mm-hmm. it claimed that the Bible predicted a war with Iran, which, no, it didn't. It didn't. Iran didn't exist in Bible times. But in 2011, it was turned into a movie of the same title, starring Lee Majors, who... who? Uh, the bionic man i don't really know but he is in several pure flicks tv shows and movies just like a general like scruffy looking white guy who's very dirty looking i don't know okay and randy travis famed country singer the trailer was so confusing i like (laughs) i watched it and i was like wait a minute wait what is this movie called what was it? What was this movie called? Jerusalem Countdown. Okay, so his book was nonfiction or fiction? <laughs> I think it was nonfiction, but I think they were like, let's make this a movie. I mean, here, I'll, I'll, I'll verify. Hollywood is really hurting for new ideas. Um, but the documentary or the movie is confusing because it seems like. It was a fiction um, novel. Nonfiction. That's what they say. Fiction or fiction? Nonfiction. They say Jerusalem Countdown is a 2011 Christian thriller film adapted from the speculative fiction novel of the same name. Ah, okay. All right. Well, then he was being a silly little guy. It was a bestseller. But yeah, then it was turned into a movie, a documentary, some might call it. Not me, but it, it looked confusing because I didn't understand the context because it seemed like some people were being raptured into heaven um but i'm sure like the main character was going to convert but and then i was confused because i don't understand the logistics of dispensationalism where it's like is everybody raptured and then it's like no you cannot like do not if you accept jesus right now it's too late you know or are you allowed to accept jesus into your heart after you watched your friend get raptured, you know? I'm sorry. I got so distracted because <laughs> it was also a TV movie in 2009. Oh, oh wait. No, sure it wasn't. I'm sorry. That was a different movie. <laughs> you should watch it's, the trailer, though. It's unclear if his book is fiction or nonfiction. I think the- it literally depends on who you ask, but it's probably oh. filed... If it's in a Barnes and Noble section, it's just going to be in Christianity, which does not need to differentiate. I would almost guarantee. <laughs> What's Goodreads say? What do Christian book people... distributors say? Um, all right, let's you know what? Let's go to Barnes and Noble. Hang on. Our church library had left be- the Left Behind books, but it also had the Left Behind graphic novel, which has been stuck in my memory ever since I read it. I think we should talk about. 
that book series this season. Yeah, at the very least, we should watch the movie with um, Kirk Cameron. He has revised this book. What? Barnes & Noble has it marked as a textbook. Uh, um, No, that's wrong. It says it's a warning to the world. He's got a couple of those. His he he's written a lot of books. He had like one in the seventies that was also a national bestseller. That was something about like our late great planet Earth or something. We're just giving out bestsellers like candy, aren't we? Evangelicals are obsessed with the idea of the world ending because it removes any responsibility that they would have to the Earth or their neighbor because they're like it's going to be over soon anyway. Amazon doesn't specify. <laughs> it's under I'm telling history you, look on world. It's <sighs> given nonfiction I, to me. I, my head's going to explode. All right, I'm done. I can't do this. Episode one of season three, and I'm already ready to throw in the towel. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we must continue. We must be brave soldiers, Christian sh- soldiers. Because I'm in God's army. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, knowing that a new year is upon us, and this will publish within the new year, what are you hoping for in 2024? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) Something good. I like that. What about you? Hmm. Many things, but I I think just less of 2023's bullshit. Mm, another good one. Thank you. Leaving that as vague as possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, this has been a trip. I mean, we knew this was going to be a tough one to talk about, but... Yeah. Sorry if this to... one was less funny, but... Uh, th- it's not the really breaks. a funny topic. No, it's not. Be sure to vote in the 2024 election because <laughs> that 25% yes. of evangelical population sure can be a powerhouse and do some crazy, wacky, awful things. And at this rate, Trump is still the front He's runner. Still a top contender. God, yep. I hope Joe Biden doesn't have to run again. I think he, what do you mean? Oh, you I mean after this? What? Yeah. Oh, after I mean, 2024? I hope, I hope he gets, I mean, I hope. He's like, you know what? I should I should just be old and not yeah. this. Do this. Well, peace be with you, Ellen. Peace be with you <laughs> as well, Maddie, and happy 2024. Happy Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Bye.